0: All right, take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 11. That good song goes right along with our message this morning on not turning back. Appreciated the song service, appreciate Brother Derek and Brother Jared doing that. Sort of a tag team effort there, that was a little different, wasn't it? I like that, that was interesting. (laughs) They did a good job and I appreciate them stepping up and and, and filling in for us today. And uh, we're looking for Brother Randy to get back, Amen. They did a wonderful job. We're excited about him being back. I saw him come flying in there on his scooter. We might need to put some brakes on that thing or something, you know. <laughs> you need know, like a regulator or something to keep it from going that fast. He was moving on that thing. So we got you in trouble now. Don't forget. All right. <laughs> it's good to see Brother Randy here, though. Praise the Lord. All right, let's look at uh, Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to blame this, um, this message on... Uh, on Blaine, he's not in here, is he? He's in the children's church, right? I think he was doing children's church. This morning he's preaching in there. He did my Sunday school for me. He did a wonderful job with that. Appreciate him doing it. But um, anyway, he was he was brought our devotion a few weeks ago, or a few months ago now, at the men's uh, breakfast, and uh, he was doing it out of Hebrews 11, going through a lot of things in Hebrews chapter 11. And this one verse, verse 15, just stuck in my mind, and I hadn't been able to get. It. you ever have something do that to you? And uh, so God just placed this on my heart. I, I, my, my desire, my, my complete desire with this is that, that God would give you some help today. Just some, some little thing that will help you uh, in your Christian walk. And so let's look at this. What country are you mindful of? We're going to talk about that subject of what country are you mindful of. We'll be in Hebrews chapter 11. We'll start reading there in verse number 13, um, and we'll go through verse 16. So if you would, let's stand, and we'll read uh, this, and I'll have prayer, and you can be seated. Are you with me? Hebrews 11, verse 13. It says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Now notice verse 15. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they had come out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now... They desire a better country. That's sort of the key word, if you'll find it throughout all of the book of Hebrews, is better. He says in verse 16, But now they desire a better country, that is, in heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. So with the Lord's help today, we're going to preach on this subject. What country, which country are you mindful of? Let's pray. You Dear Heavenly Father, God. We need your help. Lord, we know that without you, we can do nothing. But God, we know with you, all things are possible. And Lord, we pray that you would just speak through us this, this morning. God, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit. And good, And Dear God, give me the words to say, Lord, I pray for you, these that have come this morning. Lord, I know they're not they're here to receive something from you. And God, I pray that you would give that to them this morning. I pray that they'd be eager to hear from you this morning. And God, I pray that you would just uh, do a work in our hearts and lives. Lord, may we go out of here uh, better able to serve you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you may be seated. The other day, I was, um, I was, I was talking to the youth. I was pre- speaking to the youth. It was Wednesday night. And I, I, was, I was talking about this subject of, you know, a lot of the philosophies of the day, they're just worldly philosophy. A lot of times, we, we, we take these philosophies, these things the world ta- teaches, and we take them for truth, you know, and they're not always the truth. Uh, you know, there's a lot A lot of people tell you, and you, you'll hear it in schools, you'll hear it on TV, uh, that you can be whatever you set your mind to, right? And everybody says, that's true. Yeah, you can be whatever you want to be. be. Is that true? You, you, is that true? Yes or no? No, it's not true. Okay, I hate to burst your bubble. I, I know you came here just to hear you can't be whatever you put your mind to. But that's what the world tries to teach us a lot. You know, whatever you put your mind to, you can be it. Well, look, I would have loved to have been an NBA basketball player making millions of dollars. You know, that's, that, I would have, I, that was my goal when I was a kid, and it didn't happen. I wasn't very athletic, wasn't very tall. Now I'm 40. It just is not happening. I don't care how much I put my mind to it. Not happening. But what's the purpose? What's the point of that? It's the idea of a focused mind. It's the idea of, of setting a goal in your life. It's the idea of having something that keeps you on track, a focus. And, and in this passage, we're going to talk about that. What is it that kept Abraham and Sarah from going back? What is it that kept them from sliding? And part of that is the fact they had their mind set on something. And we as Christians need to have our mindsets. Our, our, we need to know that we're not turning back. We're not going back to the world. We're going to go forward for the Lord until he comes. Uh, and so we need to have a set mind. Um, If anybody had a reason, look look at who we're talking about here. This is Hebrews chapter 11. Look back at verse number 8, and it says, by faith Abraham. And then it talks about, and look at verse number 11. It says, through faith also Sarah. And so it's talking about these two. It's talking about Abraham and Sarah. When it says, these all died in faith, it's talking about this Abraham and Sarah. And if anybody had a reason to turn back, I think it might have been Abraham and Sarah. Uh, You know, Abraham... Was promised, uh, 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 given a promise by God, and he left his home and and he went looking for that promise and and he went to this this promised land, this place that God had promised him. He had promised him a land and he had promised him a seed, and and so he goes there. and And, and a lot of times we do that. You know, we, we start in this Christian life and and we think everything is going to be hunky dory It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful, right? And so that's what Abraham, I imagine, did when he left. Or um, of the I imagine he thought that, that he was going out there And that he was going to just Everything was going to be great But it didn't turn out that way for Abraham Well Abraham got over to this promised land And what did he find? He found drought How I mean, you, you know That's not what you expected to find, right? He found drought uh, He got over there and he found some enemies He was fighting people You know he actually had to fight in this thing He got over there and he had family problems Anybody starting to relate with Abraham a little bit On this Christian life thing? right, it's drought, things aren't turning out the way we thought they would, we got enemies, people fighting against us, and, and next thing you know, my family ain't turning out the way I wanted it to, it's not working, him and his, him and his nephew were fighting and getting, not getting along, right, this guy that he brought and was, was, was helping him, and, and he turned against him, you know, can you imagine something like that happening, and I'm serving the Lord, right, so Abraham had family problems. He had some personal failures in his life, some, some areas where he didn't believe God and trust God the way that he should have. And it came back to bite him uh, later, you know. Anybody have some personal failures where you know you messed up and, and you know. So Abraham, I think I, I might have been getting out there and saying, God, um, you know, I, I could have had it pretty good back there where I was. I mean, I had a home, I had a family, all that thing. And I'm trying to serve you. I'm trying to follow you. And I thought it was all going to turn out. and Might have wanted to turn back. But did they turn back? They didn't turn back. And we find them here in this great hall of fame of faith being spoken of. And you know what it came down to? I think a lot of it came down to verse 15 where it talked about, and surely if they had been mindful of that country from which they had came out, they might have an opportunity to have returned. What country are you mindful of? I want us to be our thought today. What country are you mindful of? What is it that will keep you from turning back uh, in this Christian life? We're all going to be tempted. That's what Satan does. But what's going to keep us going for the Lord? So we've got four or five things here we're going to look at. All right, number one, number one, they were born again. They were saved. Look at verse 13. It says, and these all died, what does it say, in Uh, One of the the main things that will keep you going for the Lord is the fact that you know that you know that you know that you've been born again, that you're saved, that you've got faith. That's what will keep you going. This was not just religion to Abraham. This was more than that. This was about a relationship. Abraham really knew God, and that kept him going. Uh, Romans chapter 4, you can look at that sometime, but how is it that we know, how is it that Abraham got saved? A lot of times we think there's a difference in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But it says that Abraham, in verse four, chapter 4, Romans 4, 3, it says that Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And so Abraham believed God. He was saved by faith just like we were. Uh, he, he could go back to a time, a personal time in his life, a time in a place where he met God. And it was a personal thing. It was not a religion to him. It was, it was a true faith. It was a relationship with the God of heaven. And dare I say that a lot of Christians Christians that we see that turn away from the faith, they, they, they never had it in the first place. They're never born again. They're not saved. Uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 19 talks about this, about those that went out from us, that might be manifested, they were not really of us. And that's what a lot of, a lot of people are not true born-again Christians. Uh, Abraham had religion back home. It says that in Abraham's country where he came from, they were idol worshipers. Is what it called them. And so they were idol worshipers, and they, they had idols, and they had religion, but they didn't have a relationship with the God of heaven. And let me tell you, if you, you you'll turn back if you, all you have is religion. I think that we have, a, we have a lot of idol worshipers sitting in our churches today. They, they might check the box of Christianity. They might say that I've come to church, I've done this, but all of it is an idol to them. It's, it's just a, a formality. It's something that they do. But we need to know that we are truly born again. It's not just about going to heaven. It wasn't just about going to a place. It was about having a relationship, walking with God. And let me tell you, you will turn back if it's all about religion. If it's all about Christianity, it will fail you. You'll have people in the church that will fail you. You'll have things that will fail you. But listen, if it's with a relationship with God, we can go forward and not turn back. So the first thing we know is that they died in faith. They were born again. They were truly saved. And that wasn't something you want to be said about you too when you die, that you died in faith. You know, we'd never know this story of Abraham if he had a quit. We'd have never known this story of Abraham if he had turned back. But we know that he died in faith. He was still believing to the very end. And that's the difference in having religion and having a relationship is that you have faith. Now, let me tell you something. Listen, if you're sitting here today and you don't know for sure that you've been born again, you can't go back to a time and a place like Abraham could and say, I met God here. You need to be saved. Hey, you're not going to make it in this world. Hey, this this world will tear you up. This Satan, Satan's got you right where he wants you. You need to be born again. And how do you do that? For by grace he's saved through faith. Not of yourselves as a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Just like Abraham, we must believe God. Hey, let me invite you today to do that. Trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. He'll save you. Maybe you've been in here and you've been the best Christian in this church, but you don't have a relationship with God. Hey, do it today. Today is the day of salvation. Be saved. So the first thing we see is they they were born again. They were saved. The second thing we see is they believed the promises of God. Look at verse number 13. They believed God's word. If We're not going to turn back. We need to believe God's word. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them. So what is it that kept Abraham going? Is it he had... A promise. He had God's word. Look at verse 13. It says that, that they had received the promise. There was a time when God spoke to him. He had been given a word from God. And what is it that kept him going when the family troubles came, when, when the, the drought came, when the problems came, Hey, when he couldn't have children the way that he wanted to? And all these things happened in Abraham's life. What was it? He had God's word on it. Hey, he believed God's Word he had true faith he believed that God said what he was going to do and he was going to do it he was persuaded look at the next thing it says and having seen them afar off he was they were persuaded of them hey not only did he receive it you know a lot of us have received it we, we go to Sunday school we come to church and we, rec- we we receive it you know it's given to us we hear it we know it uh, we might we might have an intellectual knowledge of it but how many of us are really persuaded that this is God's Word this is God's Word to me this is his promises to me that 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 is what will keep us going, is a true belief in our heart that I have God's holy word. God has spoken to me. I think if there's anything that kept Abraham going uh, above all other things, I think it was that, that fact. You can go back to Genesis chapter 12 and God gave him a word and he trusted it. He believed it. The Bible says he was persuaded truly in his heart he believed. The word that God had given him. Notice what else it says. It says that having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them, he believed in his heart. And notice what else he did, though. And embraced them. Not only did he really believe it, he didn't just know it and believe it. He received it, he believed it, but he followed it. He embraced it. What did Abraham do because he had a word from God? He left home. He went out. He obeyed God. He lived it out in his life. And a lot of us can say this. We get, we, we, we've heard God's word. A lot of us can say we really believe it. We get a good little tingly feeling. You know, we get excited about it. But how many of us really go out and live it? That's what Abraham did. And you know what's going to keep us going is the fact that we have God's word, that we believe it in our hearts, and that we are willing to go out and live it each and every day. Walk it just like Abraham did. And so we must walk in God's Word. We must follow God's Word. Hey, Romans chapter 4. Look at Romans chapter 4 with me. Was this an easy thing for Abraham to do? What were the promises that God gave him? Look at verse number 19. It says, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when it was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So God gave him a word. And what was that word? He's going to have children. Now, how old was Abraham? Looking around, he's like 100, you know, 90 to 100. Sarah's, Sarah's the saint. Sarah's never been able to have children. And so how many of us are thinking, that's a pretty tough promise God gave us. But did he, did he, he believed it. He lived it. Notice the next verse. I like this verse. He staggered not. Hey, what was it that kept him going? Have you ever feel like you staggered a little bit? You know, you get knocked around a little bit. But what does it say about, and he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Oh, man. I think about the times I've I've staggered because of unbelief in my own life. Look at the example of Abraham. But was what? Strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded. What he had promised, he was able also to perform. Abraham had some tough promises God gave him, but man, he believed God's word. And look, if we're, going to keep, if we're going to keep going for the Lord, we're not going to turn back. We're not going to go back to the world. We need to believe the promises of God, even though sometimes they might seem impossible, even though sometimes it might seem hard. We need to believe God's word, believe God's promise. We need to be persuaded of them in our hearts, and we need to embrace them, live them out every day in our lives. Even when it's tough at school to live for the Lord, you ought to live for the Lord because He's given you a promise. He's given you a word. Hey, when it's tough at work, whenever it goes hard in your family, when things don't seem to go right, we need to believe God's word and be fully persuaded that what God has promised, He is able to perform. How many you believe that this morning? We need to live it and to continue to follow God. I think it's a firm belief in God's word more than anything else that will keep us on the right path. Look at a couple of verses with me. Look at Psalm 119. nineteen. Let's Look back at Y'all have a moment, let's look at those. Look at Psalm 119, look at verse number 9. Talking about how to stay on the right path, how not to turn back. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee, oh, let me not wonder. Notice, oh, let me not wonder from thy commandments. What happens to these people that turn away? They're wondering from God's word. They're wondering from God's commandment in their life. Look at verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Hey, look at Psalm 119, verse 104. He says, through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. That word of is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What is this it's going to keep us on the right path? It's a firm belief in God's word, in his promises. Look at Psalm 1. Look at Psalm 1. Look at verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not, what's going to keep us from turning back, not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor siteth in the seat of the scornful. Notice what verse 2 says. But his delight, what's going to keep you on the right path now? But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in this season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. What's going to keep us on the right path? It's his word. Look at, look at Joshua. Look at Joshua chapter 1. Now, this is is promises. These are some words that we need to have faith in. This is what's going to keep us going. Look at verse number 8. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Notice this. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. What's going to keep us on the right path? It's God's Word. God's Word. Abraham had a promise he believed it uh, he, he embraced it and it kept him on the right path so we see that number uh, number two here they believe the promises of God let's go back to our text Hebrews chapter 11 Hebrews chapter 11 so the, the, the second thing there is they believed the promise is the, the promises of God They believed God's Word All right, number three they were bold in their confession they were bold in their confession so what is going to keep us on the right path What's going to keep us from turning back? Look at uh, verse number 13. It says that they were persuaded of them and embraced them. And notice the next part of this verse. And confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. There was no doubt on which side Abraham and Sarah stood. They confessed it. They were proud of it, that they they were pilgrims. They were strangers in this world. And we need to make bold our confession. The fact, we need to be fully and totally committed to this thing of being a Christian, of walking with the Lord. There should be no doubt about turning back in our lives because we are persuaded. We confess it. We are strangers. The word confess, that means to make something known. They were making it known that they were strangers and pilgrims. They were not ashamed of it. Look at verse number 14. For they that say such things declare they were un. Ashamed, they made it public. Uh, or, uh, it shouldn't be a secret in our lives. It's something that we ought to confess boldly that we are Christians. It's something we shouldn't be shy about. Not only were they unashamed, they were unambiguous. Look at the next thing. It says, "For they declare plainly that they uh, that they seek a country. They they left n- no doubt about it. There was no." fence riding with them. And that's the way a lot of Christians like to do it today. It's, I'll it's, live this way at school. I'll live this way at church. I'll like this way uh, at home. I'll like this way when I'm away from home. I'll like this way at work. I'll like this way when I'm around my family. And we don't have to be fence riders. We need to be bold in our confession and declare it plainly that we are seeking a country. You know, when we're bold in our confession, it shows all those around us. It, it, it makes us committed to it that we're going to keep from backsliding. Hey, but you know what does it? it? It makes something in our heart. When you when you make something known, when you make it bold, doesn't it do something in your own heart? It solidifies it. It makes it where you can say, hey, I'm going on for the Lord. That's the reason, you know, I was reading something the other day, and it talked about things that we ought to change in the church or this kind of stuff. And one of the things they said was that we ought to do away with, with people coming down to an altar and praying. And this, and I thought, man, that's horrible. Uh, you know, this is... And it was because it might embarrass somebody or it might... And you know what, though? This isn't a place for brokenness and for repentance. This is a place where you can come and get help when you need it. And, and I, I don't want to do away with that. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? If somebody get up here and confess that they got saved. That, 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 the first thing you ought to do when you get saved is make it public. The Bible says that we ought not be ashamed of it. Why do we get baptized? I, I thought about Jeremy baptizing the kids because they're not ashamed of it. And we have a lot of Christians today that are living life like they're ashamed that they're a pilgrim. They're ashamed that they're a stranger. They want to fit in with the world. But that, what we need to do is confess it Boldly and let the world know and we're going to put our cell phone notice that we, we can't turn back because we made it public so we see they're making it public paul wasn't ashamed was he paul said that in romans 1 for i am not ashamed of the gospel but a lot of christians live like they're ashamed of it hey he said this look at timothy what he told timothy look at second uh, timothy chapter one look at verse number 12 he says for which cause i also suffer these things he, he was suffering in jail different things like that nevertheless what does he say? Paul had a chance to turn back here, right? Paul, Paul, Paul had been, he's serving the Lord like nobody else, and he ends up in jail, you know? It didn't seem like that's the way it's supposed to go. But what does he say? For which cause I serve, nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. You know what? It made it firm in his own heart. Notice the next thing in verse 13. He said, hold fast the form of sound words. He knew it helped Timothy. And so we see that we ought to have be bold. We ought to be bold in our confession. All right, and that brings us to our next point. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. So it says that they say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And then verse 15. Here's our main thought. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. They had a better country in mind. What is it that kept them going? What is it that kept them going? What is it that kept them from turning back? What is it that kept them from falling out of the faith? They had a better country in mind. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. What we think, what we focus, our minds set our goals on. That sets our direction in life. And that's what he's saying here. He didn't have the old country. He didn't have where he'd come from in mind. He was set on a better country. You know, that's why it's so important. Our minds are so important. That's why it's so important that we keep or we guard our minds. Proverbs 4.23 tells us this: that we are to guard our minds. Hey, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 talks about those good things that we should think on. Hey, look at look at Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. It says in 1 Peter 1:13, it says, wherefore. Gird up the loins of your mind. Hey, this, this, the, the, what is the battlefield that the, the devil's playing on today? It's our mind. How do you know that, that, that you lose that battle sometimes? Hey, the devil comes, he tempts you. Hey, he, he bombards you with things. He, he throws things at you. And we need to be, the Bible says to gird up the loins of our mind. We, have, we need to have a disciplined mind. Hey, we need to have our minds focused on something. And what would have happened if Abraham would have been out there and, and things are going bad and wrong and, and he starts looking back and thinking about the old country and what it used to be? His mind had got off. He could have had a chance to turn back. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. You don't need to turn there, but Romans chapter 8, verse 6, it, it sort of is a good verse for this, this subject of the mind. It says, in verse, uh, the first part of it says, for to be carnally minded is death. To be carnally minded is death. Is death. There's no way, listen to me, I want you to catch this statement. There is no way that a believer can be worldly minded and stay faithful to God. Matthew chapter 6, we were studying this the other day in, in our youth. Uh, Brother Vinny brought a lesson on this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 it says, for your treasure is, there will your heart be also. But notice verse 22. It says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thy eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. What is that saying? It's saying when you focus on good things, on light, your whole body will be full of light. And that's what it needs to be. When you focus on God's word, when you allow good music into your, into your heart, when you, the entertainment that you watch is wholesome and good, when those things that are coming into your life are good, your whole body will be full of light. But notice the next verse. Look at verse 23. But if thine eye be evil... Thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. The next verse talks about how you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't have two masters. Listen, what we focus our mind on is so very important. There's some things that will cause us to lose focus in this, in this fight, in this battle, isn't there? What are some things that will cause us to lose focus? What are some things we get our minds on? Hey, you know, I, I, asked the, I asked the teens this, and the first thing they said was money. Isn't that amazing that even as a teenager, that's what, that's, what, that's what we think of? Hey, is it wrong to have a job and to earn a, earn a living? No, it's right. It's, Christians should do that. You know, The Bible says a man doesn't work, he shouldn't need. I mean, no doubt about it. But when we focus on that, when that becomes our desire, when that becomes our mindset, what's going to happen? We'll turn back on God. Sports and entertainment, man, how they've become such a God in this country. I look at our young people and it, and it, it scares me i almost rather them be bad at sports. Sometimes they get good at sports and then they never come to church. There's always something going on. That's, that becomes the focus of their life. They don't want to study their Bible. They want to be at practice. They want to, you know. Are you with me? I was wondering, just making sure. <laughs> A lot of times entertainment. Man, the filth that is on the Internet and the TV today. I mean, even as a good Christian trying to, trying to do and see the right things, you, you, it comes across to you, right? Our minds are bombarded with it. And what did the Bible say? For to be carnally minded is death. Hey, we, we, we will not live for God. We're going to turn back if we don't have our minds girt up and focused on the right things. Friends and education. You know, a lot of times, I don't want to get off on this one because it, I, I just don't, but... A lot of times I think people think education is what's so important. And I don't like, I don't like, you know, I think we ought to be educated. Don't get me wrong. I think it's very important. You ought to be able to read and write. Those are good things. Amen. Wonderful. And, you know, get, you get further in life and, and do better, you know, the better you do in school. I understand that. But a lot of times people think that is what they need, to, the, the, the intellect. I was talking to a young lady the other day, and, 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 and she was trying to be really intellectual, and that's what she said. She said, well, I want to believe, I just can't. And she had all these excuses and reasons and stuff. And let me tell you something. That's not what we need. We need to have our focus on the Lord and on His Word and and have our minds set. But what were they it says in verse 15, it says, and truly if they had been mindful of that country for once they came out, they might have had opportunity of return. So what could have happened? They could have turned back if they had their mind set on that country, on the world, on the on those things, the old things. But what they have their mind on instead. Look at verse sixteen. But now they desire a better country. They desire a better country. That is in heavenly. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 6. The second part of it, it says this. First part says, for to be carnally minded is death. Uh, chapter 8, verse 6 says, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Isn't that the world? Isn't that the life we really want? Man, we want to have, and the key to it is having a spiritual mind. Look at Colossians chapter 3. This is, to me, my favorite passage on this subject, Colossians chapter 3. And we're going we're, we're to close this right now. Look at Colossians chapter 3. The Bible says in verse 1, If ye then be risen with Christ. So let's talk about our position. What is our position? If you're born again, you're saved, you, you are risen with Christ. That literally means that you are in heavenly places. Jesus is now in heaven on the right hand of the Father. And you know what? Positionally, you know where we're at? We're on the right hand of the Father in heaven. And so that's the, that should be our mindset. Notice this. He says, if ye then be risen with Christ. So that's all born again believers. That's you. If you're here and you're saved, that's you. You with me? All right. Because sometimes we take these verses and we just think that's talking about somebody else. It's talking about you. If ye then be risen, what should you do? Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So we need to seek those things which are above. And that word seek there, it means to keep seeking. It's in the the sense of, of you, to keep seeking. And so we need to keep seeking what? Heavenly things. Not have our mind on the worldly things. Not have our mind on the trash and the junk in this world. Not have our mind on the money and the sports and the friends. We need to have our mind on heavenly things. Seek those things which are above. And notice the next thing. In verse 2 it says, Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. You know what we need to do? We We need to set it. That's a conscious decision that you need to make. When you go to school, when you go to work, I'm going to have my affections on things above. The things that I think on. Hey, how many of us get, get lost sometime in this? We, we start thinking on things. and we, Have you ever gotten that way? Even, even when you're doing your Bible study or your prayer, and you're like, how did my mind get there, you know? We need to set it. It's a, it's a conscious decision. It's a discipline that we must have. Hey, whenever the devil comes and throws that dart of temptation, whenever the devil comes and throws that dart of doubt, man, we need to set it on things above. We need to get God's Word in our heart so that we won't fall back. Hey, notice what it says in the next verse. It says, for ye are dead. You don't have to do that anymore. A you lot know, of times we give an excuse for it. Well, everybody else is doing it. And, and, and I can't help it. I'm a man. I just think that way. No, listen, you're dead. That, that's sin nature. You don't have to give into that anymore. You can set your affections on things above. And notice the next part of it. Part of it says, for you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Man, I love that phrase. The fact that we are hid in Jesus. Hey, Satan can't do anything to us. We, hey, we, we have his promises. We are hid with, our life are hid with Christ in God. The world should no longer matter to us. That's the way it was with Abraham. Abraham, Abraham. I think Abraham was probably pretty wealthy back there. Abraham had religion. He had all of that stuff. But none of that mattered to him anymore because he had a promise for God, and he had his mind on a better country. Boy, I'm looking forward more and more to heaven, aren't you? <laughs> man, this world's getting crazy. It's getting, it's getting bad. Our country, man, God, I, I love our country. I'm, I'm American, patriotic, all that kind of thing. But, man, our country's getting rough. It's getting bad. I'm looking forward to heaven. I'm a pilgrim. I'm a stranger passing through, and I need to have my mind set on that greater country. Hey, we need to realize that things—the only 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 things worth living for—are those things that will not pass away. First John chapter two verse seventeen talks about that. If you want to look it up, all right. So, last thing—we're we're done. Look at Hebrews, and I'm done. Hebrews chapter eleven. So what do we, we talk about? They were born again. They believed the promises of God. They were bold in their confession. They had a better country in mind. And then lastly, they desired God's backing, not the world. Look at verse number 16. I think this is the greatest, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, the greatest compliment you find in all the Bible. Notice what it says. It says, but now they desire a better country that is in heavenly. Country, uh, that is in heavenly. Notice, wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he had prepared for them a city. Hey, God was not ashamed to be called their God. God was proud of them. You know what they cared about, what Abraham and Sarah really cared about? It wasn't what their family thought about them, it wasn't what their friends thought about them, it's what God thought. Hey, you know what they were doing? They were looking for his approval, they were looking for his smile, they were looking for his thumbs up. Don't you just love that when somebody gives you a smile and you know you've made them happy? Isn't that, isn't that the greatest thing? Guys, whenever you, you finally make that coach happy when you make the tackle or something like that, and he gives you, a, you know, it's, all right, I finally made him happy. You're never happy. <laughs> when your when you're, when your parents instead of instead of looking all the the junk that you you, you didn't clean up in your room, they saw you actually took your laundry uh, to the. And, 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 yeah, I'm proud of you. Make good grades, yes. They don't look at those bad ones, but when your boss gives you a compliment instead of a critique, isn't that wonderful? Hey, man. <laughs> But you know more important than all of those things is that God was proud. God was proud to be their God. I've seen a lot of people, you know, we, we care a lot about what the popular or the wealthy or the well-educated think of us, don't we? Can I just tell you something? I don't want to get off on this either, but I'm getting kind of tired of all of these people telling me how I should think and what I should, what I should do, you know. It's like, it's like we got the NFL stars, they're teaching us all of these things. Don't you feel better about that? Even the politicians today and telling us what is correct and what is not correct. You know, I don't really care so much what they think about what I, what I think or what I do. You know what I, whose approval I really want? I want God's. I want him to look at me and say, hey, that Jason, I'm not ashamed of that guy. I'm not ashamed that I'm his God. I've seen a lot of young people get off track because they care about what the popular thing at the school is. I've seen a lot of adults get off track because of wanting to fit in at the plant or whatever it is. We don't need to seek those things. We need to seek God's approval. So, what is it that's going to keep us on track? What's going to keep us going? Our mind being set on a better country. I didn't know if I was going to give you this illustration, but I will. The other day. It was Thursday, I decided I was gonna go out and run. I like to run, I'm a runner, I guess, but I like I, I run, and so I was gonna go out and run. I've been sick for the week before that, and my wife told me not to, uh, but you know, we, I'm a man, I mean, that's what we're supposed to do, right? This stupid things, so we don't go to doctors, we don't listen, you know, whatever. So I decided, Brother Randy's laughing at me right there, you know. No more bike riding. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, so I went out and ran. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm better now. I thought I was better. And I, obviously I'm not. I'm still coughing. But I went out and I ran. And I was running outside. And I don't always do it outside, but I was running outside. And I got about a mile or so into my run. And I was done. I had nothing left. I should have listened. I was sick. I was just like coughing. <laughs> but you know what? I couldn't stop. You know Why? I wasn't at home. <laughs> I was kind of far away. <laughs> so I had to turn around and, well, run, walk back. <laughs> but you know what? Listen, there's nowhere to turn back. We're not home. We need to keep going. Have our mind set on that better country. At the conclusion of your life, can you have this epitaph set about you? Verse 13, these all died in faith. Wouldn't that be wonderful to be said about you? You died in faith. And then in verse 16, wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called, put your name there, their God. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Let's don't turn back. Keep our country, keep keep your mind on that country, that better country which is above.